Hello and welcome to Life with Francie podcast, a place where you will find all types of conversation like mental health, self-love, self-care, trauma, hobbies, and more. With this podcast, I want to create a place where we support one another in business and personal life. Hope you enjoy this episode. Now, let's get the show started. On today's episode, I have the pleasure to talk to John. I found him through Podmatch, a great community for podcast hosts and podcast guests to find each other and make a great collaboration. Today, he is the food waste coach. Uh, So I'm excited to see how mental so health, physical health, food, everything. Let's do this. So hi, John. Welcome to the show. Tell us what is life with you? Pleasure to be here. And life with me is a life of positivity. I'd lived a life of negativity for so long, the encouraged life, the life that we're expected to live of pleasure chasing and meaninglessness, nihilism and self-centeredness a lot of negative behaviors, poor habits, and it left me broken. I I did everything that I was supposed to do from like societal framework. You know, I ate all the society's encouraged food. I drank the society's encouraged alcohol, used the drugs that were typically accepted by my contemporaries. And I lived the life that, you know, a lot of people in their 20s and early 30s live. And it left me empty. I was a shell of a man. I was engaging in a lot of really awful things. Now I see them as awful back then. It was just what we did. We went out, we partied, we lived. Oh no, I lost your audio. So welcome, John. Tell us what is life with you? Life with me is a life of positivity, but it was not always so. I lived an extremely negative life for the longest time. I was blaming others. I was self-victimizing. I was stuck in the past. I harbored massive resentments against my family. I was not present in my relationships. I was overeating. I was overdrinking. I was overusing drugs. And I was just a very poor version of myself. And that's because I was living a life of negativity. I was doing everything that we are expected to do when we were young or just in our life, I was eating all the stuff that was expected of me. I was drinking all the stuff that was expected of me. I was partying in a way that's encouraged by everyone, but really this is a way of escaping ourselves. We party and we go out so we don't have to go in. We don't have to focus on ourselves. And that's what I've been doing recently. And that's why my life is in such a place of positivity now. I love that. And uh, yeah, I I'm trying, uh, um, to stay positive and you know change my mindset and things like that so yeah uh, is there a story on how your mission started a hundred percent and my mindset was broken because my body was broken a lot of people don't realize or maybe aren't honest enough to understand that the way they look is a direct representation of the way they feel because the way they look is a direct representation of the actions they've taken with their bodies. And if you're taking a lot of negative actions with your bodies, your body is going to resemble that. And then if your body resembles that, of course, your mental thought process resembles that as well. So my journey on this path of healing began at my lowest point physically and mentally. I had gone through a breakup and engaged in a lot of real negative behaviors following that around substance use and hooking up and just being a low-level garbage individual. These were essentially enhanced behaviors from the previous two decades. I drank and used drugs from 14 to 34. Uh, Breakup was at 34. And then I just went all in on this nihilism. I I speak of nihilism a lot because these behaviors are sending a a message to the universe that 
we don't matter, you know, this nihilistic thing, nothingness of drug use, of overeating, of hooking up, of of just spending your time unwisely, of wasting is a symbol to the uh, signal to the universe that, hey, my life doesn't matter because I'm doing all of these things that don't matter. You know, these are nihilistic activities and things reached kind of a boiling point, maybe four or five months after my breakup, when I realized that I didn't want to be around anymore. I, I had pushed myself to the brink of self-destruction through all these self-destructive acts. I was telling everyone with my actions that I didn't want to be around. I didn't feel I deserved to be around. And I was considering ending my existence permanently. And that was in January of 2021. Uh, fortunately, I found a coach online who taught me this program of personal development to change my habits. It's a pretty simple program, but it allows us to reprogram our minds by using the force of our bodies. And in doing so, it sets us on a path of alignment with a positive future. I never really had a path of alignment with a positive future. I was perpetually thinking about the past and acting negatively in the present to escape that. Now we act positively in the present to project a future path of positivity. And it's just been the biggest change. The person that goes from being obsessed with the past and what occurred to being obsessed with the future and what could occur is the person who has changed their mindset. And that's the person I am. And that's the program that I'm teaching folks and connecting with them online. Wow. Yeah. So how do you do that? Like, do you have like a program uh, that they can sign up and work with you? Absolutely. So I have a couple coaching programs. I have a mid-level program focused on fitness and nutrition uh, mindset where I give my clients custom nutrition plans, uh, custom workout plans. I actually got fit the first time I ever got a six pack, which is one of my many limiting was my many limiting beliefs before was that I just didn't have the genetics for a six pack. So this is how bitter and resentful I was. I, I even resented my ancestors for giving me the wrong genetics. That's how oh, selfish and, wow. and, la and lazy I was. Naturally, anyone can get a six pack. Anyone can get a six pack. So I, that, that's the first thing. But I was living in a small apartment and this is during COVID. A lot of the gyms in the area were shuttered. So my coach showed me that one can get fit in their apartment with using body weight and calisthenics exercises and some light dumbbells and bar work. So for my clients that don't want to go to the gym or can't go to the gym or don't have access, I give them a custom home routine. And then for folks that are able to go to the gym or maybe haven't gone to the gym, I can give them a custom gym routine. That's one side. The nutrition plan is actually the, the most fundamental aspect of who we are and how we interact with the world. This is why my coaching program is Foodways Coaching. A foodway is a cultural pathway through food. So I give folks their own pathway through food to shed the weight and shed the negativity. That's my mid-level program. I also have some elite clients. These are folks that are interested in a one-on-one -on -one connection with me. We develop their personal business, whatever they're engaged in financially. We develop them in a more holistic sense, we develop a lot of the projects that they're working on. Um, it's a higher level program for folks that are a bit more established. Those are my two coaching programs. And yeah, one can just take a look. I have at the top of my page, probably the most remarkable result I've gotten that, you know, it's one thing to change oneself, but when you begin to work with others and to see the change in others is the most edifying thing a coach can can do. And, and I've gotten the results in myself and the results in other people. And it, it is just the most important thing for me to connect with others in pain, to go from this pained individual. I did not have social media. I did not want to be around the people that I had blood relations with. I did not 
want to really respect any of the people I was dating. It was horrible. I only desired these awful momentary things. Now the only thing I desire is connection with others to heal them. That's my driving force in life. That's my mission. That's who I am. What I do and who I am are essentially the same thing. I am an online coach and what I do is coach others. And there's no dividing line. Too many people get caught up in what they do for money and then who they are as a person. When you do what you wish to do every day, whether you're getting paid for it or not, you will eventually get paid for it because you will be so good at it that you will be the best at it. And then you will get paid for it. And it's just been the most remarkable journey to go from a broken shell of a man, just totally inward and totally self-hating to this person I, when I finish my workout, I, I'm filled with this overwhelming love, my chance to connect with you and to connect with other people in the podcasting. And, and this space is just, it's such a blessing. And I was caught up in the the curse. I had cursed myself. The opposite of blessing is a curse. And I viewed my existence as a curse that I had, that that's how selfish I was, that I had this curse that was placed upon me, which is my consciousness. Now I know the greatest blessing that we can have is our consciousness because it selects us as being alive. Mm. Yeah, I can't relate uh, because I was in a place like that. I still have a not a healthy relationship with food. <laughs> I still use it uh, like a coping mechanism, uh, mostly at work because I'm miserable at work. But like I can relate. Mine was uh, shame and guilt that I was carrying for the longest time to change that mindset to see the future and see that I'm worth it and love myself it took a long time to get here but uh yeah and how did the name foodways come up it arrived to me during my workout I need to express the fact that my greatest sources of inspiration, a lot of the questions I ask on my channel, a lot of the names of my reels, a lot of the things that I unpack in my content arrive to me in the flow state, in the spiritual state of working out. And early on in my journey, a few months into my journey, the phrase NYC foodways appeared in my head. All of my inspiration is from the divine. You know, these there's a perceptive force that links us all, and it's through its absence, you know, its physical absence that it is present. I want to say it again. There is an omniscient perceptive force that views us all. It sees what we are doing at all times, and it's through the fact that we can't see it that we know that it sees us. And this perceptive force saw fit to place inside me this path because I was finally in alignment with positivity and I was blessed with the name NYC Foodways. Uh, a foodway, again, is a cultural pathway through food. New York City is a city rich in culture, rich in cultural pathways. It's a city of immigrants and the foodways, those things are what we need to embrace. Unfortunately, this country's foodways at large are awful. They are broken. We have a broken food system that has broken our own system. You speak of misery and food and using it as a coping me mechanism. Food is the most widely available, societally approved, cheap drug there is. And in order to change that, and so many people I work with have the same problem you do. They are miserable in, in some way, either they're internally miserable or externally, whatever that is. And that misery drives them to create poor habits. And then those poor habits drive them further into misery. So with my coaching program, we start by changing the habits and we show that no matter what your external situation is, uh, for instance, there are a lot of people that, you know, are objectively dealing with a lot of negativity. 
um, in their life, if we are able to adhere to our internal state of positivity through our workout, through eating right, through waking up early, through not trying to escape, then it doesn't matter what's going on. I endured an apartment fire not long ago, not in this place, um, but I endured an apartment fire and I'm not, I don't consider myself to be a victim. I'm not, I don't blame anyone or, or feel any sort of way about it, but I did lose my home and most of my possessions. And the next morning, instead of waking up at four, I got up at 2.45. I didn't break, I worked out and I didn't break any of my, you know, I didn't break my habits on eating. And this is the point of this personal development program. After you live this way for a certain amount of time, the universe is going to test you. So a lot of us have been tested. I was tested over and over and over again, and I failed every test. And then once I started passing the test, the test became more difficult. The test took different forms. And then the final test, I would say, of that section of my life was the apartment fire. John, you have been talking so much smack about leadership because I was coaching then and I was on my channel talking real wild. I always do because that's who I am inside and that's why I'm outside. I was talking about leadership and not breaking your word and the universe saw fit to test me. Who are you going to be when the fire strikes? And I was the same abundant individual. And so folks that are dealing with tests and failing them every day, you will continue to be, what folks will continue to be miserable until they choose to be a better version of themselves. And then that test will pass. One won't have issues with food anymore. And then there will be something else. There will be something, we are always going to be dealing with something. The biggest false narrative that so many fake coaches and gurus try to tell you is that it's possible to reach a point of permanent positivity. Healing and positivity is a process. It is a lifestyle. It is a mindset. Anyone that wants to sell you some consumable thing that you don't have to do, that you can just use to be okay, like prescription drugs, ice cream cake, a dating app, or any of that hookup stuff is lying to you. Nobody is coming to save you. No object can pull you out of your misery. No thing outside of yourself can bring you to a place of spiritual oneness. All those things are inside. And what a program of personal development does is it has someone that is engaging in this, the coach at a higher level, and they bring people to them to engage at an entry level. And in showing that it's possible to do so much more with their lives by embodying that, they are able to show the folks that are struggling that they can do a bit more with their lives every day. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> I can see it. And as you were talking, like I was getting kind of coach because I really, really want to change that about myself. And I know it's the last thing that I have. <laughs> Francie, let me tell you, this connection is why we are connecting here. I have met plenty of folks on Podmatch that I have worked with. So wherever this goes, like I'm here for you and the universe. How selfish would I be? I, I say this all the time. How selfish would I be if I didn't tell every single person that I met that two and a half years ago, I was obese, anxious, depressed, suicidal, making one third the money I make now, just having broken up with someone I was engaged with, hating my family and hating myself. And I have the tools to help everyone I interact with get out of any and all of those states and more. I had one client whose family essentially kicked him out because he was a piece of crap to them for a while. And in walking this path of personal development, they let him back in their life. Like these are serious things that people deal with. And if I'm not telling everyone that their life can change, I would be the biggest liar. The biggest liar, the biggest selfish person out there is the wealthy or successful or internally strong person that isn't telling other people how to do it. How selfish is that? 
you figured it out. You came from a very low place and you got yourself to a high place and you're just going to keep that to yourself. And they're all over New York City. There are so many successful people in New York City that refuse to be open about how they got there. And there are also a lot of successful, wealthy people in New York that hate themselves. They're on Lexapro. They're unhealthy. Their kids don't like them. They don't like their kids because they aren't in alignment. So if we are not positive example in all ways, the way we look, the way we feel, the way we act, who we are, what we do, then that little thing that holds us back is going to hold everything back. The way we do one thing is the way we do everything. So if I was still drinking on the weekends, then I would still hate that part of my life. If I was still hooking up with people I didn't actually want to be with, then I would hate that part of my life. So we have to love all part of, parts of our lives in order to love all parts of ourselves. And this this is the biggest thing I can stress to you, to, to everyone. I love it because you just light up <laughs> while talking about it. So I can see, you know, that your mission is like really important to you and you have that motivation and that drive to help others. And that's so amazing. It has to be that way. The The best teachers are those who learned at the worst circumstances. My coach did 10 years in prison. That's why he was able to coach me out of being suicidal. He mm -hmm. saw people dying all the time. And so now I'm able to coach people out of being anxious, depressed, lazy, self-hating, overeating. Any of these things that I've been through and no longer have, I can then teach. We can only teach what we have done. Yeah. So in the way that my coach was able to help guys in prison stop using heroin and stop committing suicide, I'm able to help folks out in the so-called free world not resent their families. That is my specialty. And that, I think, is the biggest. The farther I walk on this path, there are two main sources of pain for people. One is the departure of a family member. And that's either through death or disease before their time. And then they are resenting that person for maybe not taking better care of themselves. How could you leave me? And the other way is the departure of a significant other through a breakup, uh, adultery, or any of that. And that's the pain that we all carry. My folks, I love them now. And I, after the fire, I lived with them for a while. So that's how close we became. And I helped them through some of their own trauma. But my folks were not present for me in the way I needed them to be growing up. So they were physically they were physically present most of the time, but they were not really emotionally present. They had depression and anxiety in their own lives. So that passed on to me. And that is what I resented them for. How could you do this? How could you show up in my life in such a manner? How could you not show up in my life in the manner that I needed you to? And this is a resentment. And this is the most common thing. Everyone is holding this weight against other people. But if you're resenting other people, then you're just resenting yourself. Yeah, wow. I can relate a lot, especially the coach. I had a uh, coach for the past two years. And a lot of people give me shit because the way I hire her, it was like she posted her story. And it was like she was a stripper and a sex worker. And I was like, bingo, you are my coach just because uh, she could relate for what I was going through, that it was a different story, but we could relate to the feelings and the shame and the guilt and the um, responsibility that wasn't ours, if not like the people that took advantage of us. And so, yeah, so she was able, because I can't have, I wish a lot of people online will understand like to be a coach like yeah you don't have to go through some shit but like sometimes it's a lot easier to be like okay you have been through it so I know that you're gonna give me like the good message and all that stuff and then another point that you made I can see it in my family 
because <laughs> my grandma had 11 kids and out of 11 kids I have one aunt that she like resents and she has like the different mindset of like my mom was an alcoholic and she was worthless and everybody thing else while the other ones are like no my mom had an illness and her coping mechanism was alcohol and that's what like you know they have a different mindset and then I had two uncles that gave in their coping mechanism was alcohol and drugs and their liver finally gave out so but then I had my mom no medicine no drugs no alcohol and she's just by the grace of God she's pretty sane I will say <laughs> good, good and I think maybe this is the first point where we might disagree, I think a good coach has to be through some shit because no, how yeah, on... that's what I said. Oh, they have. Okay. I thought you were saying yeah. they don't, they don't have to be because I definitely online, think online, online usually is like, Oh, I can help you to drama, but I had a wonderful life. Oh, that's, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. I don't want to, <laughs> that's a hypothetical teacher. I don't want a teacher that hasn't done what I want to do. So like a fat, coach doesn't make sense to me because I don't want to be fat. So if I listen, what, what we do is we get the results of the people we listen to. So the people we listen to, if we follow what they say, we're going to get the results or we're going to get, if they say that do this and you'll get this result and they don't have that result, well, then they haven't done it. And if they say do this and you'll get my result and their result is something you don't want, then why the, why on earth would you listen to them? This is the, this is a massive issue I've found in this space is people giving advice about something they haven't done or people giving advice on something that I don't want. I'm never going to listen to someone that doesn't have money talk about how to be financially successful. I'm never going to listen to someone who has massive anxiety and depressive issues about how to be mentally okay. I'm never going to listen to someone who is out of shape about how to be an entirely fully formed man. Because an entirely fully formed man, a leader, is able to fight, is able to move, is able to be strong for his people. Like, that's what a leader is. A leader is not some, and I had to learn this. All I did for 34 years or for 30 years or whatever was read books. That's all I did. I read books. I studied. I never worked out a day in my life. Literally, I'd never touched a weight. I couldn't do a single pull-up. I could probably do five push-ups, but I thought I knew everything. I read thousands of books hundreds or maybe even thousands of books. I thought I knew everything. Well, then why was I thinking about killing myself? Like what kind of dumbass I was to just talk? All I did was talk. And as soon as I started working out and stopped reading, I actually started to learn something, which is that when we dislike our families, it just shows we dislike ourselves. That any pain that our family gave us was simply an externalization of some pain that they internalized. That was probably the biggest level up for me, the realization that whatever bullshit my parents had placed in front of me was just bullshit that had been placed on them by their parents. And that allowed me to stop victimizing. How could I blame people that were just going through it and didn't have the tools? They didn't have a mindset coach. They didn't find people on YouTube to help teach them. They didn't have a program of personal development. That information was not out there in the 50s and 60s. They just got the bullshit from their parents that everyone else got and passed it on. And so now I can connect with people around healing family trauma because I healed family trauma. I can connect with people about getting a six pack because I got a six pack. I can connect with people about dropping the coping mechanisms because I haven't touched alcohol or drugs in almost two and a half years. Wow, that's amazing. 
And yeah, at, at a certain point, you start looking at your parents as humans and they just did the best that they could because, yeah, my mom, I say that she's almost perfect, but that almost isn't cabs and huge, <laughs> but uh, she's amazing. And but she wasn't a present mom growing up, you know, and I'm teaching her stuff in her 50s, almost 60. You know, she's 56, 57. And lately my response has been like call your therapist you know every time that she comes at me because she's going through a situation right now and it's super hard I totally get it I'm losing my shit over here because of the distance I'm from Puerto Rico so my family's in Puerto Rico and I live in Kansas and so not being there for her it breaks my heart, but I chose to live here in the United States and make a life over here, and she chose to stay. So now we have to deal with the consequences of that. So now my answer is like, call your therapist, boo-boo. I love you, but I can't do that for you because it has to be an inner child work. Like you have to go inward and see what it'll, you know, what you're feeling. It's the hardest thing, especially for older folks, Francie. It's the hardest thing because here's a, like, I have a few gems. One of my favorite gems, and I will call it a gem. I finally realized why older people have such challenges. I used to think, I think the common thing is that, oh, just old people suck or whatever, which is BS. The reason that old people have such challenges is they have carried their pain longer. The unhealed individual at 36 has their pain for some number of years. That same unhealed individual at 66 just carried that pain and didn't do anything for an extra 30 years. That's why old people suck. And you do occasionally meet some pretty genial older people, but that just means that they healed their pain. One of the dudes I met on this path is 68. He's probably the most positive individual I know. He he's been doing personal development for 50 years. He's the rare boomer that did engage in personal development 50 years ago. But most older people oh. are just like most younger people. If you find someone, any person on the streets, and New York is a great place for me to see people in pain, I can point out what their pain is immediately. They're talking to themselves. They have resentments. They're not making eye contact with me. They're probably looking at weird stuff on the internet. They look like crap. They because they eat like crap they have no muscle tone because they don't work out you know i can immediately tell what their problem is within 10 seconds of meeting them and if they're older and in any of these states well they've just done the same bullshit for 40 more years that's what it comes down to so i hear what you're saying after the fire and when i moved in with my folks i was able to act as their coach for lack of a better word and try to bring them to a place of positivity and in doing so i discovered some unresolved trauma from their childhood so I advanced to a point that I was so abundant and open about my own pain and had done so much work on my own internal resentments and all the bullshit. And I had come to terms with all this and showed them that I still love them and was able to be there for them, that they began to open up about their own issues and come to find out they had massive issues, far more serious than mine from their adolescent time. So that's why old people, older people have struggles. They've just carried the pain that you and I carried, or perhaps we still carry because I'm, I'm, you know, healing is a process, not a product mm -hmm. for, for longer. So I hear that. Um, and therapy, you mentioned, talk to your therapy therapist. Therapist is interesting. If we're just speaking about our problems, I don't believe it's possible to heal them. I know them because I used to, every ex I ever had heard about my problems from morning to night. And they never, my problems never went anywhere. It wasn't until I started acting 
that I was able to heal them, you know, acting by changing my habits. Well, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I have been in the mental health type, you know, in the health, mental health uh, world pretty much since I was born. Uh, but it's not lately uh, a decade of depression and then six, seven years of anxiety. The first time that I had a panic attack, I was like, OK, no, this is not for me. Let me find everything about uh, anxiety. Um, but, yeah, my mom has to work through the past before she can move to the future. And that's why I always tell her a therapy because I'm pretty much her coach. So, <laughs> and I'm trying over here, but this is, she literally has a treasure box that she has in the middle of the ocean. And she's like, nope, I'm not dealing with that. That's going in the treasure box. I'm like, no mom, if I have kids, when I have kids, if my kids comes with something that isn't that treasure box, we're going to have a problem because you have to deal with it. But that's pretty much that generation. Like, it's over there. Don't talk about it. It's the most absurd thing that denial, running, hiding, pretending, acting, just this is what most people do. They get their pain typically when they're young. Then they run from it using substances, anything con consumable, and then they die with it. Like I get straight to the point. I'm so brutal with my shit at this point. If I have to be the vessel for this true message and it puts people on edge, makes them uncomfortable, makes them confront their own mortality, so be it. Let that be my mission for the next 50 years. And I mean that. If I get nothing out of this life more than the ability to tell people that they are going to die with their pain, if they don't heal it, then my mission is solved. Two ways with your pain. You have it. You don't do anything with it. You die with it. This is what everyone does. Think about everyone you know. Every, Francie, think about everyone you know. Did they heal themselves before they died or did they die of liver failure? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the, that's the first way. The second way, the rare way, what I'm doing every day is I got my pain, I work on it, I absolve it, and I'm able to heal others. Those are the only two ways of dealing with your pain. Nobody is without pain and very few people are willing to work through it because it's hard. They don't want to do push-ups. Mm -hmm. They want to eat, I don't know, whatever they want to eat they don't want to get up early they don't want to love themselves it's actually it's not they don't want to most people myself included before i got healthy don't believe that they can change the most fundamental limiting belief for the man i was and for most people is the idea that i couldn't feel better that was it the very baseline thing the very base of the healing pyramid was john you can never feel better and after i realized that that wasn't exactly true I was able to change my life. But most people, they think I can't feel better. I can't feel better. And when you tell yourself you can't feel better, why on earth would you change your habits? Like that's that's really stupid to say, oh, I can't, I can't feel better. So I'm going to act differently. Well, that's ridiculous. Why on earth would I stop eating and drinking and using and sleeping around if I couldn't feel better? So I'll just keep doing what makes me feel good for the night. Then when I realized, wait a second, wait a second, you're suicidal. Not everyone kills themselves. Thus, by the transitive property, you can feel better. Well, I can feel better. Okay, well, tell me what to do. I mean, I came to my coach in tears. I will do anything to feel better. Anything. And for less than 10 bucks a day, I got the blueprint to feel better. And what most people don't realize, they think they need a lot of fancy bullshit. They need this fancy gym and fancy supplements and expensive this and expensive that. For less than 10 bucks a day, you can change your life. 
And it's about removal. You don't have to add anything. I took away the late nights. I took away the food. I took mm. away the drugs. I took away the booze. I took away sleeping around. And that's where the growth is. Growth comes from removal. Our stupid society thinks Damn, you just Damn, that's a difference. Sorry. That's a No, no, hit me. Dude, dude, hit me. Hit me because <laughs> everyone in Kansas and everyone that listens to you and everyone needs to know that this shit is universal. People think they need to add Zumba classes and they need to add a bunch of special seasonings and add a bunch of prescription medication and add therapy to their life. Take everything away from your life that does not create a life in alignment with good and physical and med- uh, mental health, and you will fly towards your result. Fly to it. Don't hang out with anyone engaged in bullshit. Take that away. Take some sleep away and get your ass up early. Take away the late nights and go to bed early. Take away the lying and be honest. It's all about removal. I was in tears every morning for months with the faces of my exes that I had cheated on in my mind because I had stripped away all of my bullshit coping mechanisms and lies and all that was left was the truth and the truth hurts, but it's a pain of awareness. The pain of honesty is my favorite pain. Like, oh man, that actually happened. I actually have to deal with it. The worst pain is the pain of regret. Waking up, oh God, it's 10, slept in again. I was supposed to go work out and I'm hung over. Oh God, did I really do that last night? Why is my bank account so low? This is the pain of regret. The pain of honesty, of removal, of stripping things away is the pain of the truth. Like what the truth hurts. Okay. Well, the truth will also set you free. So do you want the pain of freedom or do you want the pain of lying? I know the pain of lying. That was 20 years. Dude, I started smoking weed and drinking at 14. Did coke in college and and took mushrooms in high school. Spent weeks on acid trying to run away from myself in the middle Damn. of the desert. <laughs> Literally, like pills that weren't mine and weird ecstasy shit and like chasing people and doing like a bunch of degenerate sex shit that people are obsessed with. That turns my stomach like because I was so empty inside. I thought I could feel fill that void with another person's body or multiple people's bodies. I mean, this is just sickness. You have to take all of that away. It's the chasing of things that want to bring into our life that does nothing for us. And interestingly, as soon as I took all of that away, a lot of positive material things entered my life. Like I got poached on LinkedIn. I had 30 followers on 30 connections on LinkedIn, the business social networking website. And three months after I was running this program, Someone random reached out to me. I actually thought it was a hoax or a prank or some sort of spam or some scam. And come to find out, it was a recruiter for a job in my field at the top of my field. And she doubled my salary. I went from making X and hating myself, the same job. I then started programming. I stripped everything away. I was fully in alignment with a more positive future. And then the material stuff came to me. And that wasn't even my final form. Progress. That was like two years ago. Things have progressed. I bought this place. All this material shit that people are obsessed with, everything you see on camera, plus more. I purchased a home in lower Manhattan. I've always dreamed of, of owning my own house in New York City. And I always told myself the same story. You will never own. You will always rent. You will always be in a shithole. You will always be in a low position. And that's nonsense. It is nonsense. You elevate yourself out of your low position and things fly to you. I'm now making more money than I've ever made. And it means nothing to me if I ever half-ass my workout. It means nothing to me if I lose my temper, which folks listening should know, I'm by no means a saint. I do hold part of my old life over with me and, and that's my temper. It's something I struggle with. And 
this is my test. The test used to be, how much coke do you want to do tonight? How many women that you don't care about do you want to sleep with this month? Now the test is, how long can you go without losing your temper? And th this is what I say. The tests always continue. They just morph and, and they shed and they they change. And and yeah, and, and this material thing, this beautiful place that I love, it's in the Lower East Side, exactly where I wanted to live. This is everything I wanted. I could only get it if I didn't break character after the apartment fire, if I continued to walk a path of alignment, if I didn't stop making myself the most valuable person possible to create a life they love. I knew I now do everything I love every day. Income streams from project management, coaching, and I also work in local food, of course, NYC Foodways, but I work in local food, like I have a paying position for a local food brand. All of these things came to me, not because I was chasing or doing anything other than just building myself. The, the person that is the person that achieves is going to have achievements brought to them. The low-level loser, the guy that I was, that was a piece of shit and just low-level in every way, of course I didn't have everything. And it just comes down to what you do every day. People think they need some grand thing. The grand thing is yourself. This is the grand thing. Your vision is genius. It is who you are inside. But I don't know who you are inside if your outside isn't something to be proud of. Yeah, no, I love all of that. And one of my quotes this month is uh, change your mindset, change your life. And it's so funny because every time that I go back and I look at it because I put it in my monthly calendar, I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, we're working on the mindset because right now I have done all the work like, oh, my gosh, so much work to get myself to where I am today. But because of my job you know, I'm like, I use it as an excuse because it takes a lot of my time. We're talking nine to 10 hours now because I'm not on the overtime desire list, but it was 12 to 13 hours before. But before it was like by choice because I wanted that overtime. I wanted to be at work. I actually had a breakdown last year when my coach was like, you need to stop depending on for overtime. I was like, how am I going to survive? So this year, I'm like, I don't want the overtime. And they're like, no, you're going to take it. And I'm not having a, ha a, a happy place with it. But I'm trying to change my mindset. So I've been working on that because that's my quote for the month. And I never checked the spam folder on my emails. And I don't know where I checked it. I had a past guest to invite me to her show and her certification program that I wanted to be part of. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I have not talked to this woman since December when her interview went live, which it was funny because I was in Puerto Rico and there was roosters in the background. It was hilarious. But we made a connection and she just reached out to me. And I was like, girl, you can't reach out to me in my spam folder. But it was just crazy. And it's just that because I'm aligning myself saying, okay, this life, I don't want it anymore, but I have to act like I'm already living my next life that I want to live. You Because my 30s were about not doing the same thing as my 20s, sex, drugs, and alcohol. So then now in my 30s, I'm an old lady. I don't do shit. But the only thing that I got is my job that takes so much time. So now I don't want to have that job in my 40s. So I have five years to get my life together 
and get the heck out of that job so I can live a different life in my 40s. And I think that's all we have to strive for, like be better than we were in the past decade. <laughs> of course. And I'd add something to you said, change your mindset, change your life. I would say the opposite might be even more true. You have to change your life to change your mindset. If Damn. you change, if you change, <laughs> seriously, yeah, seriously. yeah, yeah, yeah. When you change what you do every day, when you change your life, that's what changes your mindset. You can never think yourself into positive action, but you can always act yourself into positive thinking. It's our actions that inform our mindset. Then after we build a strong mindset, then our mindset can do anything. But I always used to try to think, I would think, why do I feel this way? Why did my folks do this? Why am I driven to cheat? Why do, you know, it was a lot of th thinking, 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 thinking about my life. And then I just like, this is too much to bear. I need to wake up earlier. I need to sleep less. I need to go to bed early. I need to eat right and like track my food. Like that was the biggest thing for me. And it's the biggest thing for my clients. Like I have to track my food. I have to actually work out and write down, well, today you did eight push-ups. Then next week you're going to, you're, you're going to do nine. And then I would do nine and then enforcing myself into positive action. Then my thoughts began to change. John, you're a winner. You dropped a pound and a half this week. I um, I cried after I did my first pull-up. And the feeling that overwhelmed me then was, is indescribable, better than any drug trip. And I've done everything short of the needle and the crack pipe and and like the meth pipe or whatever. It was the, it was the strongest feeling of emotion I think I have had ever experienced up to that point. It was an actual spiritual awakening that I had come from such a dark physical place to be able to do a single pull-up. Now that means nothing, but it's just about progressing. When we progress with what we do every day, that shifts our mind into, well, maybe you are worthy of, of earning more money. Maybe for me, maybe you are worthy of owning your own home in New York City. Maybe you are worthy about having a loving relationship with your parents who are not going to be around forever. They're in their mid seventies. Maybe you are going to find happiness within. Maybe you are deserving of a positive life. And that's why I always think, you know, it's our life that dictates our mindset. Um, Cause I know when I had a shitty life, my life, my mindset was awful, 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 awful. I used to run I was, I was not living in New York at the time. I was living in New Orleans. I lived in New Orleans for a while. And when I would visit New York, I would like lie about where I was so I didn't have to see my family. I would find places to stay so I didn't have to stay with them. I mean, such a thing is absurd. <laughs> then, after the, then after the fire, of course, I lived with them for seven months and I loved it. They had this amazing gym and we bonded. We'd have these weekly meetings, you know, kind of family coaching sessions. So everything that we think is the inverse of what we believe it to be. It's always the opposite. I love that. Uh, so is there anything else that you would like uh, my listeners to know about you? I want to know about you. What do you think is holding <laughs> most people? What do you think is holding most people back? Um, comfort zone. Yes. Just, oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Because I we're talking about it because right now there's some changes. I work for the post office and there's some changes coming. And my place is like the perfect place, but it, the corporation is ruining it, it. And we're all talking like, oh, no, if something happens, like we're out. But just the thought of being out is like, what? Like, that's not happening. It's almost two decades. So that's my comfort zone. So, like, I'm having a hard time. If I don't deliver mail, like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I need to deliver mail. <laughs> See, you, <laughs> you, have, you have the wisdom. You just said it. Comfort is a 
killer. The comfortable individual is going nowhere. The uncomfortable individual who is okay with being uncomfortable can go anywhere. What if you force discomfort every day? If you force yourself to be in an uncomfortable position, uncomfortable position every day, then come what may, lose your job, lose your home, lose someone in your, you know, we're all losing people. Everyone is going to lose someone in their life. The uncomfortable individual who has been training their mindset to deal with negativity, it isn't ne actual negativity, to deal with discomfort, doesn't give a dang about where they are. I had some days where I was happier, like, I, the mundane brings such happiness once you are okay with yourself, but you're right. You at least nailed it. Most people are not going to say comfort. Most people for them to admit that being comfortable is holding them back is like, Oh my God, they're going to take my comfort. No, you, you know, what's up. That was, that's a, that, that takes some wisdom. Now, you know, the next step, uh, but you asked what I want your listeners to hear. Look, no state is permanent. My main, one of my other main philosophies, no state is permanent. The only permanent state is the one that I almost brought to myself. That's the state of death. So because no state is permanent, no body state, no mind state, no physical state, no emotional state, no spiritual state, nothing is permanent. All of that is mutable. All of that is changeable. But what isn't changeable is the fact that at some point you will be gone. And if you don't leave a positive legacy, you are the most selfish individual I know. I was going to leave the worst legacy of cheating, lying, not showing up, not loving, I was going to abandon my nephew, I was going to abandon my family. And this is the epitome of selfishness. Now, what drives me every day is to leave the greatest legacy possible. It isn't even that. It's actually to have other people that I'm helping live a great legacy. My legacy is fine. I've done, I'm cool with where I am and I'm going to continue to pursue positive growth, but I'm not in a position where I really want to prove anything about myself. What I want to prove is that other people can change. So if anyone is listening that has any struggle in their life, if you have a point of pain in your life, that means you have work to do. The pain in my life, if the work that I have to do, I'll share with everyone, is seeing people in pain, is seeing people that do not present themselves well physically, is seeing people that are not on good terms with their family, and hearing about people that don't talk to their parents, which was something that I considered doing, excuse me, I considered cutting my parents out of my life for some time. This is the pain that I have. So because that's the pain that I have, that's what I focus on. So everyone, be honest about where your pain is. If you have pain in your life somewhere, that's your focal point. That's the lens to which that you need to look through and look at your life. If you don't talk to your children, if you don't talk to your parents, if you don't talk to yourself well, if you dislike the way you look, if you dislike the way you think, if you dislike the way you act, that's your pain. That's actually the universe giving you a hookup saying, hey, this is where I need to focus. And this program of personal development allows you to focus on all of that at once. There's no single thing. The way we do one thing is the way we do everything. So if we heal ourselves in one area, wow, then we're no longer unreliable. We're no longer undisciplined. We're no longer uncommitted. We're no longer seeking pleasure every day of the year. We're actually committed to this thing. That's what I want everyone to understand, that healing is possible, change is possible, take it from someone that had all the issues that you all have. And now the only issue I have is my painful drive towards healing others because I know how much it sucks to be in that negative state. Wow. Yeah, I love that. So where can my listeners find you? Best place to hit me up is on Instagram at NYC Foodways. That's on Instagram at NYC F-O-O-D-W-A-Y-S. John Katz with a K is the name and love is the game. We're all in this together. Oh, I love that. And thank you so much for coming on my show. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. You share so much wisdom today.
Thank you, Francie. I appreciate it. Alrighty then. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You know, you can find my podcast in all major platforms as well as my YouTube channel. Well, you know the drill. Uh, like and subscribe and tell your friends about it. Uh, anyway, see you next time. <laughs>